0: Good morning again. God bless you and thank you for joining with us today again on 30 Steps to Success in Life. 30 steps, 30 elements that are going to take you from wherever you are and will guide you along a path, helping you make right decisions, helping you make the right choices, and keeping you on an even and balanced keel so that you arrive at your destination as successful as God intended you to be when he first desired To create in you a predictability, a predictableness, when he predicted your success. I believe with all of my heart that God wants all of his children to be successful. To embrace life in such a way that they are overcomers and they're not overcome by the challenges that life presents us. And these 30 steps, these 30 elements that we add to our life, if we can make them a first nature, if we can actually renew our minds... If we can hone our lives, if we can, can, can go ahead and put, put a harness on our words, our actions, and our deeds, if we can do that, then not only is success predictable by God, God predicts that we're going to come into the image of Christ, but also su- success is achievable by us working with God. Work with God. Don't work against Him. Don't give Him problems. Work with God. You know, we first began to talk about the, the, the three foundations the three foundation steps, the three vital steps to success. Number one is you need to know, you know where you're going. You need to have a vision. You need to have a destination. You need to have a, 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 you know, a, a dream, a purpose. If you don't have a destination, you'll never know where to go, how to go. But once you have this destination, then we began to let God create a road map in us. We began, once we have a purpose, once we have a a vision, once we have a dream, once we know what it is that God wants, then we began to let God, through our meditation, build a road map on the inside of us. Give us a plan. Give us a plan for the purpose. So that we can know what to do and how to accomplish this and and, and what step to take. And sometimes it's like the lights, uh, headlights on our car. You know if you turn your headlights on on your car today and you're going from here to, to your home, most likely, I mean unless you live in the parking lot, most likely your headlights are not going to shine all the way to your house. You're going to have to trust that as you drive, your headlights are going to continue to reveal more of the road ahead of you. And that's the way often a plan is. God gives us enough to get started down the road road and that word of God that we continue to take into our life it becomes a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and it begins to shine more and more and more on more and more and more road as we trust God and walk on the road that he's already given us and that's the way the plan of God unfolds. So the plan of God is often a plan in progress and as we are faithful to step out of the boat and begin to take the steps necessary there Jesus is ready to catch us if we fail but calling us ever closer to him. Now once we have a dream and then we have meditated on it and we have a plan, we have enough to put our hand to, then at some point we have to engage ourselves in the pursuit of that plan. We actually have to get out there on the road. And that comes even from, uh, even with eternal salvation, even even in something that big, that comes with a declaration, with a confession of our faith, with an with an, with an ownership, with a buying into it, with saying yes, that's me. I'm going to do that. All right. I have a dream. God's going to make me into the image of Christ. You no, know, I'm going to do better. I'm not going to do worse. You know, I'm going to be healed. I'm not going to be sick. God's given me a, a vision. I have a purpose. I have a dream. I I have an imagination. I see myself healed, and then I begin to meditate. God, how how can I how can I do this, Lord? What? Give me a plan, Lord. Give me something way to do this. And sometimes he gives you, you know, do this, do that, you know, go here, go there, try this, try that. And God gives you a plan. And sometimes the plan is is you need to immerse yourself in the word of God. And you need to build an image on the inside of you of the plan I have for you and the life I have. And you begin to, to build your faith. And then at some point you need to make declaration. You need to own that healing. You need to own that will of God. It could be, you know, something that God wants for you in your life. Ministry. It could be something you know, whatever it is, you need to at some point take possession of it. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the title deed. It is our spiritual evidence that we have taken ownership of the plan, and the will of God for our life. Amen? And then we begin to add elements to our life. We begin to add the elements that will bring us more and more into the in, into the walk God wants us to walk in. Relationships. We began to pay attention to our relationships because we understand. The children of this world are wiser in this world than the children of light. And the children of this world know something that many Christians have not yet understood. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's Jesus. If you know Jesus, you get to get into heaven. If you don't know him, I don't care how much you know about him or what you know. It's who you know. And that's the way it is in this life as well. Relationships are important. And God offers us relationships so that they can open the door. You only get to show what you know after who you know gives you a chance to show what you know. And, and uh, that's the way it works. And then we talked about presentation, participation, character, humility, endurance, kindness, candidness, responsible honesty. We talked about influence. We talked about spending our spiritual capital. You remember? We talked about flexibility. Well, we've talked about a lot, haven't we? Perspective. We talked about perspective. I'm looking back there, and I see one of uh, one of uh, 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 my good, close friends back there. And through the years, he and I have, uh, 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 he's, he's a part of the member of our staff. And since we're over the Internet, I don't really want to tell you who it is because uh, he's also uh, 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 an Aggie. Okay? And through the years, he's made preacher jokes at me, and I've made Aggie jokes at him. And so this morning, it's my turn again. And uh, <laughs> uh, perspective. Did. Did you, did you hear, forgive me if you're, uh, you know, uh, please no emails about, it can be, make it about blondes if you prefer. Um, (laughs) You hear about the Aggie that, that went to the football game? And he got himself, you know, a Coke and a hot dog and some popcorn. And He went way down front. And he sat down, uh, sat down in the in the bleachers, and he's he's uh, he's ready for the game and everything. I mean, right there on the fifty yard line, he got a, got a great, great, great seat and everything. And way, 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 way up in the stands, he hears this 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 uh, this this guy holler, "Hey, Earl! Earl! Hey, Earl!" Well, he asked. This person to hold his Coke and this person to hold his hot dog. And, and you know, and he gets up with his popcorn and he, and he turns around and he looks up there. looks He doesn't see anyone that he recognizes. So he sits back down, gets this stuff back. In a minute, hey, Earl, Earl. <laughs> looks all around, looks all around. Didn't see anybody recognize this. He sits down and he's just getting into this thing. He gets the bite, you know, he got a little mustard on him, whatever else, you know, and getting his drink. And 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 again, Earl, Earl, hey, Earl! He is so frustrated. He throws his hot dog down. He throws his Coke down. He just slings his popcorn up and he jumps up and turns around and screams, "My name's not Earl." <laughs> Perspective. It's not always about you. And when you make it all about you, always, when you make the things that are around you that that may catch your attention or that may may vie for your attention, when you when you always make it all about you, you're going to end up looking just as stupid as he did. Okay, <laughs> he probably came to A and M with that kind of attitude, though. In all in all honesty, okay. <laughs> we talked about perspective. It's not always all about you. We talked about confidence, meekness. Yesterday we talked about. The routinization of life, how important it is to have a recognizable routine of life that others would call normal, a recognizable routine of life. Today, we're going to talk about our word for the day. The element we're adding to our life today is articulate, articulate, articulate. The skill to communicate in understandable terms. I'm going to broaden this term of articulate just a little bit beyond its, its, its normal confines. Articulate would basically mean that we know how to really, uh, you know, pronounce our words or how to, how to, uh, put words together, how to make a, a, a description, how to, how to actually be understandable. Okay. If, if, if I might use that. Speaking the language, um, that is under speaking in such a way that you are understood to articulate, to be articulate. Allow me to broaden that a little bit and and make it more a skill of communication to the point to where we understand it today as speaking the language of your listeners so that your listeners can actually understand what you're saying. You know, we all speak different languages. If you are getting married and you are from uh, um, Japan and your wife is from russia then it would do you well if you would at least learn a little bit of the russian culture a little bit of the russian language and it would do also uh, your your marriage partner well if they would learn a little of the japanese culture and a little of the japanese language or else how are you going to communicate You might not realize that when you do a particular thing or when you say something in a certain way, it might be endearing in your language. It might be something that is acceptable in your culture and it might be very offensive in another culture or in another language. How will your spouse even know that you mean I love you? How will they hear I love you if you don't learn how they hear it, how they know it, how they how they express it? How will you ever feel it if you don't understand their language? It is incumbent upon us that we learn the language of our listeners, That that we take the responsibility upon us to learn the culture, custom, the words, the ways how other people that we want to communicate to, how will they hear this? Not how do we say it, but how will they hear it to be a little more conscious if we are communicating or not? You know, let's skip down to the bottom of your page for those that are here to these notes. In 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, the Apostle Paul said it like this. For though I am free from all men. Now listen, folks, you don't have to do this. The apostle Paul didn't either. He was free from all men, okay? No man could make him do anything. He said, though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all for a purpose. That I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became a Jew. Now, the apostle Paul was a Christian. He didn't just expect other people to learn the Christian words to learn the Christian language, to learn the the Christian culture. He took it upon himself whenever he was going to attempt to win a Jew to learn about the Jews. Well, he already knew because he had been a Jew, but to learn about their culture, their custom, their language so he could use that in their world to guide them to Christ. To the Jews, he said, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law... I became as one under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. And to those who are without the law, as without the law, I became as one without the law, as a Gentile, basically. He said, now, not being without, you know, the law toward God, but under the law of Christ. But I did this, that I might win those who are without the law. And to the weak, I became as weak. I took it upon myself to understand the culture, the custom, the language of weak people, of people who who are hurting, people who are dying, people who are desperate, people who are in financial trouble. I took it upon myself so that I could articulate the message of Christ in their language, so that I could speak to them, so they could understand what I was trying to communicate. I didn't expect them to become educated in my culture and custom. I'm the witnesser of Christ. I am became articulate in their culture and custom so I could communicate. He says that I might win the weak. In fact, he, he concludes verse 22 by saying, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Some of the time this works. And that's worth it. Verse 23, he says, now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Wow. Becoming all things to all people. What's he saying? He's saying basically it's it's our responsibility if we want to communicate to someone else something that we want them to know. It's important that we size them up, take a look at them, learn a little bit, that that that, that we put on our you know, turn your brain on, and not just your mouth, and say it in words that they will understand, that they will accept, and in ways that they can grasp. It's just an art of communication. Becoming all things to all people. You know, having a word from God may not benefit others unless we can express it to them in their language, in a language they understand. Joseph evidently understood this principle because when he went before Pharaoh, Pharaoh was in a very desperate moment. And in Genesis 41 and in verse number 16, the Bible says, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. He understood evidently the anxiety and the pressure that Pharaoh was under. Pharaoh was a tormented man. And the first thing that that Joseph did is that he communicated to Pharaoh and took away the anxiety. Pharaoh, all of a sudden, you know, felt better because Joseph must have understood. First thing I need to communicate to this person is that, you know, I don't have it, but God does. And God is going to give you an answer of peace. Okay? Everything's going to be okay, Pharaoh. It's going to work out, Pharaoh. He understood he needed to communicate. Evidently, he sized Pharaoh up. Evidently, he knew that he must get it across to Pharaoh. If Pharaoh's going to listen to this message, first thing I need to do is bring peace to his moment. I need to calm him a moment. And then Joseph begins to describe to Pharaoh in Pharaoh's governmental terms what Pharaoh could do about the dream. He talked to Pharaoh in such a way. He wasn't talking to him like a prisoner. He wasn't talking to him like, you know, a servant. He wasn't talking to him like the jailer. He talked to him like a leader. He spoke a leader's language. It was reasonable. He didn't speak this little cowardly rabbit, I'm afraid, I've been wronged, I've been hurt, Uh, you know, help me, poor me. He spoke the the leadership language, leader to leader, very important. Because you see, success, the truth is success often hinges on our clear communication of the truth. And we have not communicated until those we're communicating to have understood what we did, what it is we are communicating. Articulate. To say things in such a way that other people understand what it is you're attempting to tell them. It's important, especially for us religious people that when we're out engaging in the affairs of our community, expecting God to promote us, expecting God, you know, a lot of it is our presentation, and we can sure look like unpromotable people, people that other people do not necessarily want to bless whenever all we can say is sanctified, hallelujah. You know, that's just not a language that a lot of people speak that you need to depend on. Now, I'm not saying don't say it. I'm just saying if if you want to give God the most you can to work with, Find a way to praise God and to communicate in a language that is acceptable to your hearers. You'll have, like the Apostle Paul, you won't get a better example. He would have been fruitless trying to make all these various kinds of people into an educated Jew before they could understand what he was talking about. Articulate. Make sure What you're saying, you're saying it clear in a language of your listeners so that they will hear, listen to what you're saying. Let's make our Bible confession this morning. Confess this with me. Make it strong. Say say it to yourself in this language of the heart that you understand. Let's begin together. Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirit can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. What can you do today? Well, consider, ask yourself, am I speaking the language of those that I'm attempting to communicate with? Work on learning the language of others. Before you open your mouth, turn on your brain. It matters very little what you say, the Apostle Paul said, if all you're speaking is barbarianism, ununderstandable. Articulate. God bless you.